Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Shark Buggy with me, Katie Johnson, and my good friend Howard Middleton from the Great British Bake Off. Number 68 we are on now, which also happens to be the maximum length in centimetres of a badminton racket and also the maximum width in metres of a rugby pitch. And spare a thought for Charles Osborne from the States, who recorded the longest attack of hiccups ever, some 68 years. It began whilst attempting to weigh a hog when he was in his late 20s, and they continued until one morning in February, a year before he died. We're having another hot spell at the moment here in the UK, and so when Howard and I caught up, we were both taking on liquids. Me, with a cup of tea, I know, very British, and H with something I couldn't quite identify in a glass. It's like a sample, that, doesn't it? Last bit of apple juice. If that's your sample, I suspect they'll say there's something wrong with you. Yeah. (laughs) It's fizzy as well. Oh. (laughs) Oh, dear. They'd say, Mr Middleton, you need to be drinking more water. That's what they say. Yeah, I do. Generally, I say, oh, I'm so sniffy. You've got hay fever? Yes. Oh, it's terrible. So I know I've, I've said I'll go across into some gardening for my mum tomorrow. So that's going to be uh, interesting. Do it at night. Do what at night? The gardening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What Do you else? think? What else was I going to say, doing it at night? <laughs> take a, I, I thought you meant to take an antihistamine at night. Because oh. Peter sometimes does that. And I think that's a silly thing because it's, do, it's doing its job when you don't really need it. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. So have you seen we're up to 32 countries? Are we? And it's a hello and welcome and we're with you all the way is Ukraine. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I don't like the way it's gone off the news, do you? No, no. We've been working at the weekend. Was it toaster? It was, uh, it was. The... And, oh. you, and you were supposed to be there. I couldn't be there because I, I got something else on. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I missed you at the weekend. You should have been there. Yeah. Yes. Or oh, you have laughed. What was the weather like then? Was well, it nice? Yeah, it was good. It was good. But um, we stayed yeah. over at like a Premier Inn, isn't it? You yeah. Go for breakfast the following morning. And all I wanted was a bowl of porridge. And then I had two, the bowl of porridge. So I have a little yogurt, you do. And then I thought, there's no bananas. There's no bananas. There are always bananas. So uh, yeah. I said to this young girl, please, could you? Find me a banana if you see one round the back or something. So off she tootled. And she came out with one banana. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, thank you, thank you very much. Anyway, I went and fiddled with it in my porridge, you know, sliced it up. And then I had the horrible thought, oh, bless her, I hope she hasn't gone and got it out of her own bag. Because if she'd had... That's her lunch. <laughs> <laughs> because you'd think if there were no bananas at all and it was breakfast time, somebody would have brought the bananas, wouldn't they? Yes, Not I would have thought so. one yeah. banana. Oh, unless she was responsible for buying the bananas and that is her penance, that she has to then <laughs> use the banana that she brought for lunch. <laughs> the next day, there were bananas, so... All was well. All was <laughs> but well. But no, no sign of the young woman. No. 
got fat. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. A banana with my porridge. Anyway. So, you know, it was a big thing, wasn't it, in lockdown, people making banana bread. I never understood why. And then a couple of weeks ago, I bought some bananas. There were a few that sort of languished uh, for a few days afterwards. And we, I ended up with three very dark bananas. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll make some banana bread. Mm-hmm. So I found a recipe, tweaked it, vastly reduced the amount of sugar that, that it says you need. In it. No way, no way. And then um, made it. And it was, it was re- Peter loved it. My mum loved it. You know, I was quite, quite fond of it, but I thought it's still a little bit sweet. Next time I get some uh, overripe bananas, I'll try it again. And reduce the sugar a little bit further. So I did that at the weekend. I'm now I've now got three bananas on the side, which aren't very ripe, but I'm just leaving them there. It's like it's my new obsession. <laughs> just <laughs> waiting for these bananas to go overripe. Yeah. So when you say you've reduced the sugar, then are we allowed to ask what you've done? Then what's your recipe? Or is it a trade secret? No, it's, it's, it's not a trade secret at all. Have I got the recipe? I bet I have. Yeah. <laughs> so it said, the recipe that I used said three quarters of a cup of sugar, which is 150 grams, or half a cup if you like it less sweet, or one cup if you want it more sweet. So I thought 150 grams is, is quite a lot. I reduced it down to 75 grams, mm. halved it. This time I've made it, I've I've taken it down to 25 grams, so it's, but it still tastes, you know, sweet enough to me. I mean, I have to say, Peter had his with a piece of cheese, which I think is a strange combination, but hey, whatever makes you happy. Do you ever put ginger in yours? Because I put it in mine. Ginger in, mm. in your banana bread? Mm. Oh, do you make banana bread yeah, then as well? yeah. Oh, wow. No, I, I didn't. But I'll tell you what I did put in. I put some cacao nibs, you oh, yes. know, those raw. They're very nice, in it? Mm. Yeah. Yes, I've put yeah. chocolate bits in my banana bread in the past, but I also put a little bit of ginger. I do, I, I've got a thing about yeah. ginger. Well, have a go at that. Now, before we do anything, we must say a huge thank you to Cindy, Cindy Holborn, who's been in touch via our Facebook page, Shack Bagley, and you were talking about green pigeon peas, weren't you? Yes. Gandules Verdes, apparently. She's kindly sent us a picture. What was that? Gandules Verdes. I thought he, he sounded like a guitar player, mm. Gandules Verdes. Yeah, he's a uh, beautiful classic guitarist, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and the back of the can says the Caribbean's best loved bean. Wow. Mm. And following on from last week's um, episode, this... <laughs> <laughs> Laura, again on Facebook Messenger. Hi, Howard and Katie. Just wanted to say from the podcast that pink camouflage is very popular here in this States. Now, very is in capital letters. And here's a pic of one. And bless her, she's kindly sent us a picture of a pink camouflage top. Right. So, presumably this is more of a fashion statement. It is not because... You can blend into the kind of pink environment <laughs> in the area where, where she lives. Carol's been in touch. Oh, yes. And she sent us a picture of her at Pride, at a local Pride event. But she's also sent us a picture of a toad in a hole. 
which I'm not sure about. <laughs> it's only a sausage in in a bit of batter, but yes, I suppose it's your yeah. imagination. Yeah, it is. It is. Do you know we we we've said before, and we'll say it again. We do love an index, don't mm-hmm. we? So I was looking through index in uh, I think it's in Lost Fruit of England, and I came across fairy butter. Fairy butter. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so I there's like a recipe that. for fairy butter in here. And basically, it, it's what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard boiled egg yolks, and you beat them with some flavouring, either orange water, rose water, sugar, and butter, and then force it through either a strainer or a colander. And it makes little strands of this kind of sweet buttercream type mm. thing, really. So the original recipe was was from a book called The Experienced English Housekeeper by Elizabeth Raffold in 1769. And I'd, I'd never heard of Elizabeth Raffold. We, we said this every week, I'd never heard of them. Or had you heard of Elizabeth Raffold? I have, and I think it's to do with Arley Hall. Oh, yo, I can't believe you know that. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I thought I was going to surprise you with that. Yes, she was an author and entrepreneur originally from Doncaster, and she went on to become the housekeeper for the Warburton family at Arley Hall in Cheshire. Mm. And I thought... That'll that'll be a nice surprise to tell Katie. <laughs> you already? Wow, you must have been listening to somebody then. At Harley <laughs> Hall at one point. No, I tell you for why. We had somebody, one of the chefs on from Harley Hall and one of the kitchens. And yeah. there was a book out about um, Elizabeth Raffold. And they yeah. did um, a recipe from it. And she was a fascinating lady. Absolutely. Yes! The scones. The scones. And if I'm right, the scones at Arley Hall are the original recipe from that particular book. Wow. Mm. I can't believe that. Well, well <laughs> did you for remembering that. We'll have to lie down now in a darkened room. That's it for me. <laughs> yeah, so she came up with this recipe for fairy butter. And I, I thought, I wonder if anybody else has got a, a recipe for it. And I found a reference to it on the Greenwich Historical Society website. But that's Greenwich in Connecticut, not the one in the UK. So I don't even know whether they call it Greenwich in America or whether they do pronounce it Greenwich. I don't know. I don't know, lovely. I don't know. Anybody in Connecticut or who who knows the area would like, like to know. But, oh, my goodness, on this website, it talks about the traditional way of, of cooking certain things. And they do this thing called hearth cooking. Mm. But they're really, really cautious about the potential dangers of it. So <laughs> there's a thing that says here, please note that not all fireplaces, even in colonial buildings, are equipped to be a cooking hearth. I am also a professional with years of training. This is not me speaking, as you know. (laughs) Um, Please do not try this in a fireplace at home. Today's recipe is one that can be replicated on a stovetop. If you would like to give it a try on the stove, please make sure that a responsible adult is present at all times. 
So the potentially hazardous recipe for this fairy butter basically involves hard boiling three eggs. <laughs> and that's the only cooking involved. Oh. So it's like, after all that warning about needing a responsible adult and, mm -hmm. you know, being really, really careful about where you make this, all you're doing is, is boiling three eggs. Oh, I'm dreadful. If I put any hard boiled eggs on the stove, I have to set an alarm because I leave them and then I go and do whatever I'm doing. And then my yeah. smoke alarm goes off in the kitchen. I go, oh, the eggs. And I invariably, <laughs> <laughs> and I invariably ruin the pan. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't got a smoke alarm in the kitchen anymore. So I make sure I do um, an alarm because, yeah. But I know if you do, if you know, if you do scrambled egg, for instance, in the microwave, if you're not careful, yeah. that explodes. Oh, jacket potatoes can as well. Yes. In the microwave. Yeah. yeah. Even when they're pricked, it, it, they can be quite quite oh, scary. Don't, don't prick your potatoes. <laughs> this is turning into sort of tufty or something. <laughs> I love tufty. I was a member of the tufty club. <laughs> did you have a badge? I don't think I did have oh. a badge. I was, yeah. I can't remember now whether I did have a I'll have to ask my mum whether. <laughs> I'll say to my mum. Have you still got my badge from the Tufty Club? Yeah. We better explain. It's the little squirrel, wasn't it? And for safety, crossing roads and things, the Tufty yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, I, my, my childhood was very much sort of uh, public information films warning you about the dangers <laughs> of various things, like like going into uh, open water and, oh, yes. and oh, that skating was on thin ice. Yes. And, yes. <gasps> the yeah. escalator or the elevator. Now, what do they call them in America, the escalators? Escalators, moving staircases, aren't they? Yes. But yeah. um, that one where the doll got trapped. Do you remember that one? Oof. No. Oh, hey? Don't do you remember that? No. Uh, one with the doll getting trapped in oh, it. Oh, it was horrible. Oh. Horrible. Mm. Oh, and they're warning you that that could happen to yes. you if you're not careful. And to oh. this day, you know when you go up, you, you walk up to an elevator... Or an escalator. What is it? An escalator. An escalator. So we call them escalators. Elevators are lifts, That's aren't it. they? So, so yeah, we call so. them So you walk up to an escalator and the, the stairs yeah. is moving up and you just yeah. put your foot on it, don't you? I yeah. can't. Yeah. I can't. I have to wait for it to go, hmm, and then I go on to it. <laughs> you were saying you throw a doll down first or something. <laughs> That stayed with me. And then the other end, when you get off, oh, I hate that. I hate that. I, I hate that when people they don't move out of the way when they've reached the end. <laughs> you know, they sort of... Keep going. Yeah, it's just hesitating and you're, you're piling up behind them. It's like, move away. No, I don't like that. Don't like that. So we're establishing then it's dangerous to hard boil your eggs. Is that right? Yes. I didn't realise that it was potentially dangerous, but clearly the Greenwich Historical Society have, have had some incidents before with hard-boiled eggs, so, yeah, the warning, yeah. By the way, Greenwich, it is Greenwich. Is it? Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's, that's good. But, uh, yeah, on, the, on that website, the recipe there says to put the egg yolk, butter and sugar, sugar mixture into what they call a squirt. Oh. Uh, except it's done in this old-fashioned uh, thing, so it's a squirt. I can't say it. Squirt. And to 
squirt it on an affet in little heaps. So affet or asset, I presume, is like assiette. So it's it's like a little plate. But yes, yeah, so they're, they're squirting oh. their fairy butter rather than <laughs> pushing was, it through a colander. When you said asset, I thought, oh, pair of bosoms, because they're your assets, aren't they? But I don't think you were squirting. <laughs> oh, I squirt that fairy butter on my yes, assets. <laughs> Uh, you will love uh, this. Look at this, what I've found, especially, especially for you. Ready? Oh, Yorkshire Recipes by, I, I thought that said by 3D Yorkshire Housewives, but I think it's by Yorkshire Housewives <laughs> and it's, it's threatens, isn't it? <laughs> 3D Yorkshire Housewives. There's a, there's a programme all on its own. And, and then, oh, here we go. What's the word that I've been saying all wrong all my life so you can say it? Oh, it's got a preface. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Good cooking should be of paramount interest to every housewife, no matter in what station of life she may be, whether she be fortunate enough to have somebody to prepare the meals for her or whether she has all the cooking to do herself. Her primary endeavour should be to produce nourishing and tasty dishes for her household. There you are. Girls, what would they do without us, eh? Anyway, basically the recipes were published in the Yorkshire Observer paper and this book is is from that. Yeah. So, I was looking through this and a couple of things took my fancy. One being a brand new name for a group. You ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Junket Whips. Oh, are they are they a bit of a folk group? Oh I yes, think. yeah. I think the junket whips. Yeah, yeah. They've got yeah. Um, a a couple of guitarists. There's a ukulele probably in the background, but the junket whips, and I imagine all of them are men, and they're all probably all over the age of sixty five with very long grey beards. Have you ever heard of a junket whip? No, I, I presume junket is a sort of like a. Is it sort of like a a, a custody sort of thing? Hmm. It's, um, um, so a bit, a bit like uh, what do they call? What's the other uh, sab sabayon or something like that? I think. Do you know? I wish I'd looked, listened back to a lot of our shabbagalis because I often hear you say that. Have I said that before? Sab, sab what's it? Sab, sabayon. Uh, well, sa sabayon mm. or sabayoni or whatever it yeah. is, if it's Italian. Yes, I think I have said that before. I sometimes <laughs> wonder if in the week you go. I'm going to get a word in this week on the podcast, and it's going to be that one. Yeah. A junket, a dish of sweetened... Whether, it, whether it's relevant or not. <laughs> yeah. A dish of yeah. sweetened and flavoured curds of milk is what junket is, what you and I uh -huh. know. But, yeah, what did I say it was? Junket whip. Junket whip. So it's a pint of yeah. milk, an ounce of caster sugar, 12 teaspoons of sherry. That's very approximate, is it? 12 teaspoons of sherry. Yeah. A few strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> I've never come across something that says a few strawberries. A quarter of a pint of cream, whipped, sweetened, flavoured with vanilla, a teaspoon of ren rennet, and 12 ratafias. Oh, yes. I think we've had ratafias before, haven't we? Mm. we we've taught, yeah. So it's not got any eggs in that then, has it? No. So it's not like, no. So it's not quite like a sabriana or whatever, but um, oh no, ratafias are like little almondy biscuits, Biscuit. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
And then the other one I saw was milk jelly, because we were talking about jelly last week, and a mother's puff pastry. Now, this has been donated by Mrs J Mitchell of uh, First Street, Wesley Place, Lowmore, and uh, talks about a yeast dough, risen, rolling it out, put dabs of lard on it, fold in three, roll on again, put more dabs of lard on it. Basically, it's dough and lard, so she's making the puff pastry. Oh, but it goodness. just makes yeah. me smile, because she says at the end, it keeps nice for a fortnight and is very digestible. Which kind of suggests some of the other ones she used <laughs> <laughs> wasn't. Do you know, I find that a lot, though, don't you, in, in old cookery books, how obsessed they are about how digestible things mm. are. Yeah. We've had a couple of reviews, Katie, this week. Oh, lovely. Yes. One, it's called Friendship and Smiles. I think that's, has that got five stars? But overall, that's taken us to 4.9 stars from 14 ratings. So that means that somebody's not liked us as much, <laughs> <have> <laughs> But anyway, Friendship and Smiles, it says your podcast is like a conversation with friends, warm, gentle humour, and the anticipation of a lovely hug. Many thanks. Oh, oh who's that lovely. from, H? That's from Macaron62. In Australia? We've also had one from America. So, hi to Julie. The two of you sharing your friendship openly with all the listeners is quite remarkable. An education as well as a lot of laughter. You are good for the soul. Please don't stop making episodes. I have already listened to each one twice. Oh, that's lovely. Wow. Yeah. I'm sad we're not we're not going to get together on on Monday. We're supposed to be going to the podcast awards. Yeah, right? I know. But we've had a message. Is that from Maggie? Who said he is hoping. So this is about whether we get nominated or not. She says you certainly deserve to be nominated. Oh, that's lovely. It is kind, but she hasn't said for what. <laughs> no, that's true. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> anybody could fill in that bit, couldn't you? Nominated for <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Oh, your mum's in the kitchen, says, sending my strongest everything cross, self-mischief-causing, woes be damned, <laughs> best wishes. Oh, Wonderful. Lovely. Anthony says, good luck. I would shortlist you both. Jerry says, best of luck. Jane says, good luck, Katie and Howard. Uh, Kathy Evans, uh, here's hoping. And Loreen says, good luck. Hope you win. So, because we, oh. we don't know, it's just the first bit, isn't it? I must say with Loreen, um, congratulations to her daughter, Anna, on her graduation. Because Loreen and Anna have just come back from a whistle-stop tour of the UK. Something like the first day they arrived in London, then they had went to Stratford, then they went on to York, and then they went to Bradford. That was the first night. So all what? That, yeah, incredible. Wow. Incredible. But congratulations, Anna, on your graduation. Yeah. Mm. Did I tell you, we on Monday, we went to Oxford. Did I tell you that? I can't remember. We went to see Lee, Lee Mack and David Mitchell and Rob Ryden in their show. Um, I, don't, I don't think you mentioned that. Yeah. Well, came back, came back Sunday night from Toast Food Festival, and then normally... We tend to be in a coma after that because we're both getting on a bit and we're a bit, a bit tired. thought, no, we're going to go out. So it was Glyn's birthday and I bought these tickets, oh gosh, last year. And then we went to Oxford and saw a theatre. We were on the front row, on the front row to see the boys. It was very good. Wow. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. We went on the train. Uneventful journey on the way. But on the way back, it was quite hot because it's been hot, hasn't it, the last couple of days? 
Oh, yes. And uh, we thought, we'll get an earlier train. So we were at um, Oxford train station. I'm sitting there. And there was a pug with its owners in the train station. You know what a pug is, don't you? A dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but with the... It's what you put in the sink, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a type of dog, isn't it? <laughs> yes. But it's one of these dogs that doesn't got a lot of nose, is it? It's sort of... No, like Nanette Fabre. Do you remember the Hollywood actress Nanette Fabre? When she turned in profile, she, you could see she got very little nose. No. But anyway. No, I need to, no, hang on, I need to look up Nanette Fabre. Hang on. So, <laughs> this is a Nanette Fabre. Fab, Nanette Fabre. Fabre, yeah. My sister and I always used to talk about... Oh, it's awful, isn't it, that? Why it's would you nice make comments nose. about people's... It's got a neat little nose. It is a neat little nose, pug-like, yeah. <laughs> you can't say that, Howard. She had her nose done when she was very young. Did she? And oh, I didn't know anything about... And her fair. face grew after the surgery. Oh I, oh, I feel awful now. Oh. She told the Times once that her mother wasn't happy with her pug nose and took her to a plastic surgeon who put in a metal bridge. No. <laughs> yes? Fuck. Oh, I hope you're feeling dreadful now, this poor woman. Anyway, sorry about that. You could take all that out if you wish. <laughs> you're on a, you're on a station with Annette Fabre. No, with a pug. <laughs> so this pug is obviously a cooler in the station because they can't get a lot of air circulating, can they? For pugs, no. bless them. No. Anyway, I've never really noticed it before. So this little pug then was to my right, you see, with its owners. And then they'd obviously queued for the toilet and they'd swapped over who was looking after the pug, or Nanette, as we shall now call her. And then it was time <laughs> to go from the right side to our left, or they're going to cross over in front of us. And it was only when the pug had gone past that, I've never noticed, but a pug's tail goes right up and over, so its little bottom's exposed. And I thought... That is a dreadful design because it had more air circulating round its bottom than it does going round its nose where it needs to. I don't know. Sometimes I think you do need a bit of a bit of a draft up. <laughs> yes, but you don't breathe out your bottom, do you? So this poor little thing I noticed as it was going past, huge expanse, no nothing in its way for air circulation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they walked in procession. So the pug in front can cool down the one behind. Or <laughs> maybe the pug just walks backwards. <laughs> anyway, it's just those little things that you notice, isn't it, really? Eh? Just little things. Oh, I tell you what, though, we had uh, we had a few hints and tips on what to eat during the menopause at Toaster Food Festival. Oh, did you? I did. Was someone doing a demo? Somebody was doing a demo. And they were doing it on yeah. something else. And then because they were yeah. into nutrition, I thought, I'm, I'm going to find out. Because I looked in the yeah, audience yeah. and they were all of a similar ilk to me. Woman of a certain age. And I got my fan on at the time, you see, at the stage. So yeah. I thought, yeah. right. So I've got some hints for menopausal foods. Licorice. Really? Licorice, yeah. Oh. Licorice, which I do believe is an aphrodisiac as well. Uh, she didn't tell me that, but I, I feel sure no. it is. Yeah. Hibiscus. Oh, yes. Hibiscus is very good. Peter has um, a tea that's got hibiscus in it. Does so, he? Yeah. Why does he take that then? Is he in the menopause? <laughs> no, because he's, he likes a, a kind of herb tea, a sort of fruit tea or a 
decaffeinated, mm. you know, so it's got no caffeine in it. So he likes a kind of herbal fruity tea, but a lot of them do have licorice in. And licorice is not good uh, if you've got high blood pressure. Oh. So, yeah. So the alternative is to, is to find one that's got hibiscus in it. Oh. Which, uh, I think when good. it was the licorice, I think it's the licorice root as opposed to um, Bertie Bassett's with the little... Oh, yeah. Sticky. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. You say that, but I straight away thought of Bertie Bassett and I'm thinking, well, the only one I like is the round one, be it yellow or pink coconut. <laughs> Do you find yourself thinking of Bertie Bassett quite frequently? <laughs> only when the word licorice is mentioned. <laughs> and the big one, sage, which I think most of us know about sage. And I was asking about fellas and you, you yourselves do have some kind of menopause yourself. What time? When? At 20 past two on a oh. Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't get the full details, Howard. I just wondered what time of life. Is it, is it roughly the same age? Mm, or? It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh. And then, and the things we have to eat regularly are eggs, three a day and hemp. Well, you did hemp, didn't you? Hemp. Yeah, yeah. I, I've cooked with hemp before, yeah. Yes. Hemp, 100 yeah. grams a day of hemp. 100 grams? That's sure. a lot. I'm sure she said 100 grams. <laughs> Please check that before you, you launch. But I think that's what she said. And we've got to have 50-50 crab. Now, I thought, oh, is that a new game show or is it one of the crab that sees the future? But then I realised it was probably 2020, wasn't it? This is 50-50 yeah, crab. Yeah. So those are things you've got to do. So there you are. I like 50-50 crab, I must admit. Don't you? Never had it. Never. I mean, yeah. No, but it's I'm just, going to. It's, you, can, you can buy pots of it. So it's just literally equal amounts of the brown crab and the white crab. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's very tasty. Oh. oh, and I must tell you, when we stayed in this hotel, the hotel in, in Oxford, I was looking at the property amenities. Because you do, don't you, when you're sitting there. We were already there, but I was just looking yeah. at property amenities and uh, free public parking nearby, bar lounge, um, pets allowed. Mm -hmm. And then archery off-site. That's <laughs> <laughs> a relief that you're not going <laughs> to just stick your head out the door and they're practising on the corridor. I yeah. just thought to myself... <laughs> Why? I have never seen that. So if archery had been on site, I don't think I've even seen anything that says archery on site. But no, this is archery off site. So as, as yes, say, yes, thank goodness for that. Uh -huh. Yeah, we can walk <laughs> freely down the corridor. <laughs> um, I don't know, Glyn found it. I don't know what channel it's on, but your series is running again. So I'd gone out sometime last week and I came home and he said, look what I found. And it was you. On, uh, yeah. Not not that we'd lost you. Somebody, so yeah, somebody contacted me the other day to say they'd been watching me again. So they, people always say that you were robbed. And it's like, I'm never quite sure whether they're just referring to the custard or generally mm. that I should have, uh, should have gone further or something. But, you know, it's weird watching you, Howard, because you are nothing like the Howard Middleton we all know and love. It's really strange. Do you I, think? I look at Why? it. Why? And I just think, did they not? They must have heavily edited, or did you not come out your shell? I don't know. But I look at you, and I think, where are you, Howard? It's very strange. <laughs> it was the one with the um, elbow muffin. The last one I watched. I watched it last night. Oh right. Mm. Oh yeah. I think I come. I think I come into my own. 
they always said that I was I was hilarious in the the one where I am eliminated the the last episode that, oh. that uh, yeah at, uh, which is no consolation really is it no. to, to know that no. that's the one where you're at your funniest but you look ever so young but you'll be pleased I know mm, but yeah. you know what Glyn said Howard looks better now I think so sometimes but yeah I th I think sometimes oh gosh yeah you look a bit rough there but... <laughs> So, you know, I was talking earlier about squirting and the uh, <laughs> the, the fairy butter. Oh, yes. So, so, yeah, so some people put it through a colander, although some people call it colander. I got slightly distracted looking at the kind of history of the colander. Right. Uh, Wikipedia's got this really odd page where it helpfully points out that the word shouldn't be confused with two forms of calendar. Or coriander. <laughs> it's like no, we weren't. We weren't about to. Yeah, the, several pages on the history of the colander, and uh, I didn't realise that that there's a, a religion called. Yes, <laughs> I think it's a slightly sort of um, humorous religion. Oh, it's called pastafarianism, right? Magic. And yeah, and they wear colanders on the head. So there's there's a there's an image on on the uh, on the page of someone walking around with a, a colander on their head. I found a joke on a colander about a colander. Have ya? <laughs> Why should you never yell into a colander? I don't know. You don't yeah. want to strain your voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> So we'll let you know if we hear anything, read the British Podcast Award nominations on Monday. And thank you ever so for all your lovely messages of support on Facebook, Instagram and email podcast at theshatbagley.co.uk. And thank you to your reviews as well. And please keep them coming in. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Oh, before I go, I found another colander joke for you. My friend tried to convince me their colander could be used as a bucket. I said the idea didn't hold water. Bum bum. Mm, sorry. <laughs>